In this episode, I want to talk about the teaching family model. It's the model we use on Smarter Parenting to help teach behavioral skills. I want to talk about its history, where it comes from, and I also want to give you insight into what makes it so successful. This is episode 11. Let's get started. Smarter Parenting welcomes you to our podcast series, The Parenting Coach for ADHD. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Siope Kinikini. Hey everybody. Hi. I hope everybody is doing well. I am super excited actually to talk about something I am very passionate about and that is the teaching family model. Now a lot of people may be wondering what exactly is the teaching family model. Quite simply put it is a model, a behavioral model uh, that is used by professionals to help shape the behavior of children uh, in a positive way. So I wanted to talk a little bit about how it came to be, why it's been so successful over the years, um, and how it's being used now currently around the world by different agencies and by people uh, who are working with very difficult populations, kids who have been removed from the home, who have behavioral issues, who also have um, you know, mental issues and things that they are working through. So... Uh, one of the things in telling the story is to understand actually what was happening before the teaching family model arrived on the scene. In order to understand the story of the teaching family model, we have to understand the, what psychology and what professionals were talking about as far as parenting uh, before it arrived on the scene. Now, if you were to go back in time and see what a parent was doing with their child, say in the 1910s, or the 1920s, and we're talking just 100 years ago, you would be shocked at what professionals were telling parents to do with their kids. Here's one example. In 1910, uh, it was believed that a held baby was a spoiled baby. So new mothers were told to ignore the most fundamental needs of a baby, which was to hold the infant now, they could hold the infant, uh, it was recommended if they were feeding or changing a diaper, but other than that, they were not to hold the child. And this was uh, taken from a handbook of obstetric nursing. That's a mouthful. Uh, anyways, so in this this book that came out about how to raise your children in 1911, it warned mothers that mothers who constantly uh, touch or coddle their children, they would spoil their children, and that their children would grow up to be quote-unquote little tyrants. Amazing, right? So this was in 1910, and you would think that they would figure things out after that, but you know, it continued. This whole philosophy of uh, touching and, and loving your child was actually shunned by professionals. In the 1920s, it said that ignoring your child is the way to build good, strong character, right? So one of the lead um, behaviorists at the time named John Watson, he warned parents that touching and holding your children would spoil them and that you should never hug them and you should not kiss them and you should not let them sit on your lap. Okay, uh, he, his suggestion was you would have to, you would, the best way to interact with your child is to shake their hand, 
You know, uh, you could give them a pat on the head if they made a, uh, an extraordinarily good job, but it was this distancing of physical touch that was recommended. Now, again, this is from a professional, okay? So this was going around um, these, these ideas. In the 1930s, you think it would get better, uh, but it continued on, and they said, hey, you know, uh, your child could benefit from fresh air, but put your child in a cage, like literally put them in a cage um, and you could build a metal cage, put your baby in it and then hang it precariously out the window, of course. Okay. So yeah, some mothers during that time would buy a contraption. In fact, there are some pictures in old magazines and you can see them online where there are these cages that uh, in apartment buildings, they would just put their children out in these cages outside of these high-rise, high-story buildings, multiple stories, and that's where the, the kids would get some air, fresh air. Okay, yeah, wow, we have come a long way since then. Um, you know, in the 1940s, uh, it continued with this Don't Coddle Your Boys. Uh, there was a campaign for that. An author named Philip Wiley uh, was very specific in his book called Generation of Vipers. Uh, he started a, a critique in the 1940s of American culture that mothers were coddling their children, their boys specifically too much. Um, and he blamed those mothers for doing that. Now, that is a far cry from where we are now, where, you know, uh, mothers are are often loving their children and touching and they're encouraged to do that but just understand that you know a hundred years ago it was a different story and actually for generations after that it was a completely different story where professionals were making recommendations that you don't touch your child you don't coddle your child etc well they started to realize that there was some problems with this in that when uh, children were placed in a hospital little babies and uh, the professionals were asked not to touch the children, they started to notice that the children that were actually touched and held and cared for lived longer, and then children that were left to their own without touch um, died. I mean, they started to notice that there was a huge disparity in this idea. And so out from this philosophy came, hey, we need to re-examine how it is we're interacting with children, how are we raising them, and what is the best way to raise healthy children? So, fast forward, you know, to the 1960s, um, and there was all these thoughts about how can we improve this? How can we help uh, improve the development of children? And uh, one of the founders of the teaching family model. Uh, his name was Mont Wolf. Now, you may not think uh, that is very familiar. His name's not very familiar to you. However, Mont Wolf is the discoverer of time out, the whole concept of time out. Um, now, the way that he modeled time out and the way that he used it initially and the way that it was planned out has evolved over time. People have taken the concept and have adjusted it to their own needs, but the way that Mont had established it was a very effective way in helping children uh, deal with their difficult emotions. Now, Mont and other 
uh, behaviorists and psychologists and psychiatrists, all these be- people involved in trying to understand how can we best help children um, received a grant. And in the University of Kansas, they were able to establish some studies to evaluate how best to interact with children. And what they did was they, in a group home setting, some of the very most difficult behaviorally challenging children were placed in the home and they were applying different techniques to figure out what worked best and what skills would help them shift their behavior so they can reintegrate back into their families and it was throughout this study that the teaching family model was born and this model has been around since that time and has gone through multiple um iterations in proving itself. Now, what a lot of people don't know is the teaching family model is also the same model that is used at Boys Town. Now, Boys Town is probably more familiar to the majority of the population in America because of the film uh, Boys Town with Father Flanagan that was released way back when. It's it's an older movie uh, with Spencer Tracy, a wonderful movie, and uh, Mickey Rooney. But in the transformation and the changing of a child. So uh, Boys Town adopted the teaching family model. And it's a model that they use today. And in fact, other agencies around the world use this particular model in helping to shape the behavior of children. Uh, You can jump on the Smarter Parenting website and you can actually see a, a video that explains the teaching family model, how it's grown and who's using it and the effectiveness of the model itself. So the model uh, is something that we use on Smarter Parenting. We take those skills that have been used for a long time, since the 1960s and so, and we've used them in a way that we can teach it online to help parents uh, with children and their behavioral issues at home. We want to provide that as an easier way for them to access this material and to use it. so you can access those there. Now, um, you should understand that the teaching family model has, is a very flexible model in that it can be replicated in different areas. Initially, it started off as something that they used in group homes with children who had very, very severe, difficult behavioral issues. And as time has gone on, they've taken that model and adjusted it for home-based treatment. So home-based includes a professional coming into a home and working with a family and teaching these skills to help strengthen the family relationship in the home. We've also moved it over into foster care, where you can use the same skills over in foster care. So there's this progression of being able to use it with different populations of kids, in helping to shape them, uh, their behavior to be more positive in different settings. And smarter parenting is obviously a way to do it online. So it, it kind of went through this gradual, um, in a gradual way, it grew so we could share it with multiple people in multiple ways. And smarter parenting is a way for people to consume it on the internet uh, in an easy way and in an adaptable way that they can adjust it to their family. So it's a fascinating model. You know, there's just so much history behind it. But just understand that there was a progression. It was actually born out of how can we best help families and children be successful? How can we help children with behavioral issues be more successful? And that's where the model actually is focused. 
everything about the model is is pretty amazing you know it's um interesting to attend a conference because the uh, teaching family model has a conference every year to meet with other practitioners who are using it in, uh, with different people there is an agency actually working with disabled people using this specific model and they found that uh, they are able to adapt it to adjust for the the special needs uh, clients that they're working with um, there are people using the model actually in different countries and culturally it's adaptable as well and so we provide this as an offering to help families around the world a teaching family model and uh, also with different behavioral issues now remember it stems from a very very group home type uh, intervention uh, but can be adapted it's adaptable for very different uh, children who may need it. So that's a little bit about the uh, teaching family model. Um, its history, uh, who's using it around the world. Uh, it talks a little bit about how it came to be. Um, early influencers like Mont Wolf, for example. Super important to understand these things uh, as we continue to work and improve relationships with, with families. Now, for the teaching family model, there are actually five elements that make the teaching family model so successful and powerful. And those five elements are things I'm going to cover in a separate podcast, and I'm going to spend time talking about each of them. But the five things that make the teaching family model very unique and very powerful are the following. First, it's the relationship. The teaching family model is focused on relationship, strengthening the relationship, helping the relationship grow, and uh, involving this type of positive relationship with the parent and the child. The second element is time, and that is when do you do what you need to do in order to build that relationship and strengthen it? Time also deals with how much time you should be spending doing something with your child and teaching the skills. The second thing is teaching. So, and that's what you need to be teaching. So the teaching family model actually gives you very specific steps and guidelines on what it is that you need to do in order to improve your child's behavior. Now, um, there's something called the quality components, which is the fourth thing. Quality components involves how you do it successfully. So there are different nuanced things that you can try while you're doing the skills that will help make it more effective with your child. And the final element that makes the teaching family model even more successful is role playing, which is the actually how do you do it? How do you make this a habit? How do you cement those connections inside your child's brain? So what you're doing and what you're teaching becomes a, a natural and a habit part of their being okay so of the five elements i want you to pay close attention to what they answer first is relationship that is the why we do what we do that is the purpose is to build a relationship the second one is time when you're going to be doing something we explain when to do it when is the best time to do it when to use what skill and when to you know back off and find a different alternative way to deal with a, a certain behavior the third thing is what okay so and that's the teaching we actually will teach you what you need to do we teach you what is effective um, in a specific behavior then we come to quality components, which is number four. And in the quality components, we tell you what 
works best, how to tweak it for a child who has ADHD, for a special needs child, for a child who may have um, high functioning autism. I mean, there are different approaches and it's nuanced. It's almost artistic in a way in being able to do that. And then the final thing is role playing or practicing. And that's actually in the doing. And so the doing is such a powerful piece. When a child is able to do what it is that they need to do, and the more often they do that, it becomes muscle memory for them. And that is the power of the teaching family model is it incorporates all of these including building those connections in their brain so they can behave the way that uh, you want them to behave and they can behave in, in appropriate ways regardless of the situation. Now, um, these five elements are powerful elements and I'll talk more about each of them during uh, this series. And so listen carefully to what it is about these different um elements that that will make you a successful parent and actually help you and your child build the relationship that you want. I mean, everything, everything in the teaching family model is focused on relationship. It really is. And if we can build those relationships and strengthen those, that's where we're going to see the most lasting change. Um, One of the examples that I use for families is that we focus on strengthening relationships. I mean, if you think about the relationships you have, our relationships actually shape our behavior. Uh, If you take someone who is very religious and has a relationship with their God, you'll find that they will alter their behavior in order to maintain that relationship right? And so it's the same thing with parents and with children. If we're able to build and establish and strengthen a relationship using these skills, and that's the focus of the teaching family model, then your children will actually work towards strengthening that bond and that uh, connection with you as a parent. I am so excited to share everything about this model with everybody that will ever listen because I, it really is a game changer for so many families. I've been doing in-home work actually for over 10 years where I've go, gone into homes of you know multimillionaires and people who didn't have a home uh, or people who were renting or whatever and every family in between implementing the same skills and they've been successful. They've been successful in building those relationships long after I've gone. So um, they're not perfect by any means, but they're able to work through things together. And that, that for me is success. So yeah, I'm just going to end this one here because I think I've talked too much. Um, but I am super excited to talk about each of these aspects of the teaching family model in podcasts to come. If you found what I've shared helpful, then please share it with a friend. Also subscribe to our podcast. You can find our podcast on pretty much every podcast listening apparatus that is available. And um, again, give us a review. If you've liked what we had to say, please give us a review. And if you didn't like what we had to say, then don't give us a review. How's that? (laughs) Anyways, until next time, I will see you later. I hope you have a good one. All right. Bye. (music) 